0: So last night we were Zorchah to have um, Reb Yehuda who was a very special Yid and uh, I, I just want to tell you my personal experience because I, very, I got a very, very much of a chizik from hearing him, right? Just, everyone was there? You weren't there, but everyone else was there? Mm-hmm. Everyone else you heard the speech, right? Yes, you heard the speech? What? I heard it was you I just I just it was amazing. I'll tell you why, I tell you what. I personally got a Hezek from it. I think it was a great speech, he was a great speaker and motivational, wonderful hundred percent. There's something more than that. You know, he was a git that only at the age of eleven found out that he was a Jew, had the choice, theoretically. I mean yes he's Jewish, but he had the choice to kind of go either way. His mother had left the religious life. And he very much could have done the same thing like his siblings did. But yet he saw something beautiful. He saw the beauty of Yiddishkeit. He saw what Yiddishkeit has to offer. (coughs) And I don't know if any of you came (coughs) late, but before he started his speech, he went around asking people what Yiddishkeit meant to them and some beautiful answers came out from the guys. But, you know, not going through the answers, but the main idea, what he was trying to do, is to show that Yiddishkeit is something bigger, is something special. There's purpose, there's tachlis. And, and And he saw that. You know, it's very nice for us, you know, we grew up, Baruch Hashem, religious, we all saw people around us religious, our parents, our neighbours, our shul, so we sort of grew up that way. It almost reminds me of um, a guy that was present once by a conversion of a gear. One, one of the very last things that a gear does to convert is to go to the mikveh. Okay, and once he's gone to the mikvah, he's, he's finished his conversion and he's a fully fledged regular Jew after going through the whole protocol of the Prismila, learning of halachas, whatever it may be. And he, and he remembers, this guy was telling me over the Meister, he remembers being one of the, the Dayanim on the panel there and watching this Jew, well, Goy, going into the mikvah as a Goy <coughs> and emerging as a Yid. And he said it was such an open, eye opening experience. To see a, somebody who made a choice and decided on his own, I'm doing this. And it means so much more. And he was like almost like, I wish I would have had a choice. Like, can you imagine if every single one of us would have had a choice? They would have scary. woken us up one day, it would be scary, but they would wake up wake up one day and they would say, You have to choose. You've seen that life, you've seen this life. What would you like? You know? I would hope that we all choose What you know, the derak that we're going in right now, but the truth of the matter is, the truth, I'll tell you why, I'll tell you why, it's a scary choice to have, you're right. But when a person makes a choice himself, it's much better, it's much stronger, and it's going to last longer. I'm going to give you an example with something from Yeshiva. Okay, Yeshiva based David has a mahalach, Mm. right? There are many mahalchim that we follow, right? Fifty different boys, fifty different mahalchim. But the general chinuch of the yeshiva goes within a certain framework, right? Because you have to build yeshiva on some kind of foundations. One of the foundations that we build the yeshiva on is that we don't really do negative reinforcements. Meaning, we don't tell a guy, "If you don't show up for three days of shachris, then you're going to get thrown out." (coughs) We don't do that. Number one, it doesn't work, and number two, more importantly, it's not real. Let's say, imagine I would tell a guy if you don't show up three times a week for the next three weeks every day every, every single week for the next three weeks you're going to show up a minimum of three times. You know what? He'll probably show up. Is it real? No. Now sometimes I agree a guy needs a bit of a push everyone's different 50 different but and a general rule to push someone in a negative way is not real because then they're coming because of the rule they're coming because they're scared whatever it may be. Right? The Kedusha Slevi writes the Heiligabadit Right so in this week's parasha, this week's parasha, a very interesting question. I don't know how many people have thought of this question because I saw it myself in the Kedushas Levi, and I didn't think of the question myself either. The Rabboni Shilolim took Klali Yisro out of Mitzrayim, took us through the Midbar and gave us the Torah, right? Frank the Kedushas Levi, the Haligah Why didn't the Rabboni Shilolim do the other way around? Why didn't the Rabboni Shilolim in Mitzrayim give us the Torah, yeah? Give us the Torah in Mitzrayim and then take <coughs> us out to Yisroel? <laughs> Give us the Torah immediately. We'll make up of the Torah, we'll have all the mitzvahs, and then we'll go out to the territory. To well, take us out, of will try him, go to the desert, then have the Torah. What's Psha? Listen to the Kedusha slavey. This is a beautiful insight. He says somebody that serves someone out of fear is an Eved. The definition of an Eved is a slave, and he's serving his master out of fear. Someone who serves out of love is a child. Is <coughs> a child says the <laughs> Kedusha lady says the heilige Sheva listen to this he says that if the Rabbeinu Shilolam in Mitzrayim would have offered us the Torah what would we have said? every year over there would have said oh yeah give it to me let's go why? <laughs> then I'm going to get out of it and if I don't accept it Hashem will never take us out so we would have been scared not to have been allowed out of Mitzrayim therefore we would have said yes out of scaredness <coughs> Now, if we're saying yes out of scaredness, that's an error. You're scared. Hashem did not want us to serve Him through being scared. Hashem wanted us to serve Him out of love. Because that's a child and a father relationship. And therefore, the Rebun Shem, we're free. We're done. We're finished with the Mitzrayim. It's behind us. It's gone. It's a history chapter. Now we're free. The Rebun Shem says, would you like the Torah? And then we said yes out of love. Right, there was a little bit of a, 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 a situation. in and then tells us that eventually, by purim, they'll But but we will it eventually. But ava with love, because that's what the Banisham wants. That means when a person makes his own choice, it's much stronger. So the yeshiva, for example, just giving this as an example, no, this is not the point of the speech, but just then as an example, you know, we're not a fan of forcing people to do things. And sometimes I've had parents, or even Rebbeim and other yeshivas, you know, in America especially, like, I don't understand, why don't you force the guys, like, they should come to Shachos more, or whatever, they ever comes to Shachos, but you know what I mean, they're sometimes a bit more. And I say, listen, at the end of the day, what I do not want is a boy to come to Shachos because I am there, and therefore I'll see him. Right, you've got those boys that walk into the you ever saw them? And they, they make sure that I notice them. Hey, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> like, check. Okay, good, excellent, I'm here. Now I can leave. No. Uh, if you're coming because of me, you know what that means? The minute, minute I'm not there, you're not going to come anymore. I want you to come, not only to Shachos, to learning, to anything, for yourself. And therefore you have to make your own decision. And when you make your own decision, It's real. It's strong, it has good foundations, and it will probably last. Which, after all, the definition of chenuch, by the way, is not making someone do the right thing. It's teaching them that they'll do it on their own much later on. The point of yeshiva, and I've said this to many boys, I don't know how many people have heard this, but over the years I've said this to many, many guys, I don't really care what you do so much in yeshiva. I mean, of course they do, but you understand what I mean. That's not important to me. What's important to me is when you leave the four walls of yeshiva, what are you going to do then? How's your shachos going to look? What's your sedi going to look like in learning? What's your munah? What's your Shabbos Kodesh? All of these things, that's much more important to me. Because you're in Yeshiva for what? Two, three, four, 22 years, whatever it's going to be, depending on how much we can can brainwash you to stay in Yeshiva, you know? But the point is, eventually you're going to leave and eventually you'll be faced with the real world and you're going to have to go out there and it's not going to be easy, right? It's it's not easy, you know? It's not easy. There's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of hardships. Ask the guys that left. As I always say, when I discuss with guys about staying and leaving, whatever, I have never met a guy that said to me, Rebbe, I should have left to work earlier. I never met such a guy. No one ever said that. They only say the other around. They're like, Rebbe, I should have stayed another, another year. Tell the guys in Yeshiva, tell them, stay another year. Stay as long as you can. Because no one ever said I should have gone to work a, a year earlier. It doesn't work, it doesn't exist. it's not possible. Right? The Whatever it is, second, third, fourth, fourth,. <laughs> we'll <laughs> open <laughs> up the coil soon uh, Look like upon uh, him. Uh, the point is what I'm going to tell course you, course. I got a very big schiso from last night's Joshua. of Yid from England, uh. where it was nice because he spoke an English accent. and he decided on his own, I'm doing this. <laughs> and why? Not because anyone forced him, not because because he saw the beauty of Yiddishkeit. That's gewaldic. Now, we should all be Zakh in our own lives. We didn't have the choice. Avon made the choice for us. Avon we're all descendants from Avon, and Yaakov. They made the choice already. So we can't really make that choice. So we're not in the position to make a choice. But what we can do, like he mentioned last night, is daily we can make the choice of what are we doing in this world and what difference are we going to make to the world. And that's a choice that we have to make. And that's a choice that we should make. And it's something that we should think about as well. And that's. And I just want to mention to you, what a chizak I got personally from, from, from last night's speech. It was really beautiful. We really should have taped it and put it on the website or something, because I would love to listen to it again. His story was great. We should bring him in again as well. He was, he was amazing. But the lesson I think we should get from it, and the lesson is he made a choice because he saw the beauty of Yiddishkeit. We have to learn to see it. It's not so easy for us. We didn't, you know, we grew up in a... FFB, whatever that means, From, from birth, autopilot, press the button and go through Yiddishkeit sort of thing. But you've got to really look to see the beauty of what Yiddishkeit has to offer. There's so much. It's so gewaldic. It's so beautiful. Take it. Enjoy it. Use it in your life. Give it over to your children. It's amazing, but you have to recognize it. Not everybody's got to recognise it. Last night, it opened up our eyes to see that there were people out there that didn't know they were Jewish until they were 11 years old and they still chose that life. They could have chosen the other life and that was amazing, amazing. Cause it